Welcome to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion. My guest today is Eric McGrain, a growth leader for the Defense Enterprise Services sector at GDIT. Eric, thanks for taking the time to join us. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Let me set just a little bit of context for our discussion today. Millcloud, that's what we're talking about, started 2013. It feels like just like yesterday it started. Version 2 kicked in around 2019. And uh, as of, I think, uh, last March, when we looked into this last time, about 4,500 workloads, 89 different mission partners has been moved to Millcloud 2.0. I'm sure it's probably more now. And you'll, it is you'll growing tell us every about day. that. Uh, and now the, the move from, according to the Defense Information Systems Agency, is towards software as a service. SaaS is now the, the next thing. And so Millcloud will continue to evolve and, and we're going to get an update where we're at. So Eric, you, why don't you lead us off? Uh, as, I, as I said, Millcloud has, has really grown over the last several years. What's, what's, what's the latest? Give us an update. So, um, you know, inside of GDIT, we had a reorganization and we really shaped our thought around Millcloud 2 around collaboration. Um, our sector with Millcloud 2.0 re relies on Army, Air Force, Navy, and other sectors. So the first thing we did was reorganize in such a way so that I could communicate better with the rest of the GDIT defense business unit, right? So that when I'm talking to a customer, I have those people that are inside of GDIT that our customers trust. That was a major thing that helped just internally. But really, I think the reason for the increased press lately is two things. Uh, we re-architected our, our, our cloud to a VMware solution. So when you look at DoD, 99.9% .9 is virtualized on VMware. And so now we have a VMware IL-5, soon to be, soon to be IL-6 cloud. Uh, and so it makes those migrations easier, and it's a very robust, uh, hardy, good cloud. The second is the announcement to broker AWS services as well, right? We've all seen what's been going on in the news to get with Jedi and now JWCC. And so the demand for off-premise cloud is real and it's there. And so from a contract perspective, having that option has brought a lot of other customers with interest for both on-prem and off-prem. Let me start with that first piece, which is the idea of re-architected to VMware. What, what does that actually mean? So if I'm a DoD customer and you tell me, oh, we've re-architected to use VMware's cloud and, and virtualization, why do I care? So we, our, first, our first architecture, if you will, was a KVM architecture. Um, You've already lost me once you said KVM. <laughs> so anyways, well, go ahead. Okay, so, I, so the way that I would answer for a customer is <laughs> VMware is is native and known to what your current status is. You so you're going from an on-prem VMware to cloud, and so the refactoring of applications, the migrations, all of the complex, well, you're never gonna get rid of all the complexities for going to cloud, but by having a VMware native architecture, we've removed a ton of those complexities to make it much easier to move to the cloud now. That's the key. I think that's really important when you say, talk about the complexity because I think everyone thinks moving to the cloud, well, I don't have my, my legacy apps aren't ready or, or oh, now this application's been in a mainframe or been on some client server approach for 20 years. Now you want me to move it where and is it ready to move it and what's, what's the lift and can I just leave it where it's at? So, so walk me through a little bit about understanding when someone has to move, maybe an example, an anecdote and putting you on the spot here a little bit where a customer went from on-prem or their current setup to Millcloud 2, how easy was it? Matter of weeks, days, months? So everybody's situation's different. Um, I think one of, the, one of the examples we use frequently was DCMA. Um, agency had to close down a data center in 90 days, uh, and we were able to move all their workloads, close that data center, and have it done in 90 days, right? It was a hard work on both sides. It was a true partnership, um, so that was done. Another example I use is we have a very large Army customer, 
And I think that this example highlights the benefit of both MillCloud 2.0, the cloud, and MillCloud 2.0, the contract. Um, this particular Army user has about you know, 300 applications, and they said, we've got some stuff that we want on-prem. It's, it's got you know, personally identifi identifiable information, it's got health information, it's got logistics data. We want that on-prem, that's, that's, that's how we see it. But we have about 100 other applications that are you know, child and youth services base signup. We could put that into AWS, right? And so for that particular customer, when you rationalize where the security levels are and what they want public and what they want with more security, um, we have a contract that now allows that customer to come to us for one-stop shopping. And I think that's one of the big selling points of MillCloud over the years has been that one-stop shopping. You don't need to issue a new task order. You need to go through the contract. You can just, we'll, we'll acronym people to death here a little bit, mipper the money over Correct. and get it going. Um, and, and I think that's also important now because you brought up the IL-5 and moved to IL-6. Uh, obviously, impact level five, impact level six, we're talking about cybersecurity. What's that going to mean for the DOD and the customers that you're serving? So I see a real demand for IL-6, right? IL-5, you know, for official use only, uh, unclassified. Um, I, I see a demand for both on-prem and off-prem. But when it gets to IL-6 and, and, and SIPR or Secret Cloud, if you will, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of demand there for it. Um, and we're very excited to have that for our customers. And I remember talking with uh, the folks at DISA about six or eight months ago, one of the big moves was the SipperNet. Mm -hmm. Getting access, I guess, for the Mill Cloud to SipperNet or some sort of right. integration. The, the, I think if I remember correctly, it was supposed to happen in June 2021. Here we are, obviously, much past June. Did it happen? Where are we at with that integration? We're, Can you give me a sense of just the status? So the status is we're like right at the finish line. Um, COVID affected everything across DOD. So when you're talking about doing SIPR cloud, right, uh, IL-6, you're talking about assessments, pen tests, people coming to visit site locations, and that got jammed up with COVID. So we're, we're past that. We still have some COVID hiccups, right, because you have teams that need to travel, but we're right at the finish line. All right, so hopefully later this fall, maybe early winter, then that'll exactly. be available. And once that's available, what does that mean? Again, I'll ask for your customers, because you said you do a lot of demand for IL-5, IL-6. It means they can now do the secret type level work. Correct. Go ahead. So. Once we have IL-6, customers can start migrating, right? I see a huge demand out at US Stratcom, for example. Uh, I know MillCloud 1 um, that, is, that is being turned off and migrating to MillCloud 2. There's a lot of SIPR workloads there. So we see, you know, once we have that on contract, we can start rolling those workloads into MillCloud 2.0 for hosting. And like you said, with the MIPR, the nice part about our contract is there's no waiting in line. There's no negotiating a task order, negotiating a price. Uh, it's all right there on the portal. The price is what the price is, you can do it. I mean, for the amount of selling we do, we still have customers that hit the portal and buy their cloud on their own, and it's spun up in 24 hours, yep. right? So um, so that speed of the MIPR, right, the ability to just transfer money quickly has been, uh, has been a has been a major selling point for the contract. I, I got to admit something. I thought MillCloud One was turned off already. <laughs> so here's <laughs> maybe, so, maybe it's coming. Uh, <laughs> so it was supposed to be turned off, I believe, in 2017. Yeah. Um, I think we wrote a story about it that said <laughs> it's going to turn off in 2017. And so now the deadline is uh, for it to be turned off. Nipper in December of this year and Sipper in July of 22. All right. We'll, we'll have to. It sounds like a question for DISA, not not necessarily GDIT in many ways. Uh, I want to talk about the other piece of this that you mentioned, which is uh, the, the connection to AWS. I imagine there's connections to other commercial clouds in, in the offing as well, but what is, again, when you talk about complexity, what does that mean for a user? Okay, now if I want to use AWS, I can, I can go through MillCloud 2.0's platform, or what, what does it mean? So, 
for customer, you know, our customers, I mean, let's face it, it's a hybrid cloud world. Customers have some on-prem, they've got some mainframe that'll probably stay put, they've got Azure, AWS, they've got all kinds of cloud needs. And so what, what we are for customers is, is like you said earlier, that one-stop shop, right? So if a customer needs some AWS, they can get some AWS. If they want some on-prem, they can do that. Yes, we're in negotiations to add other off-premise clouds, right? Because all, so we're GDIT. Uh, we exist to support our DOD customers, right? And so whatever our DOD customer wants, we want to provide it. And by having the marketplace that we've got inside of our, our portal, we're not, we're not you know, an AWS-only marketplace or an Azure-only marketplace. We're providing things like Oracle Database for cloud and other things that we know our customers need um, because we're truly agnostic and we care about what the DOD needs. Let me try to put a finer point on it though. Again, if I'm a DoD customer says, okay, I want to use AWS or Oracle or whomever, I go through the MillCloud 2.0 platform, I go through your effort and, and what does that mean for me? We talked complexity earlier, reducing complexity. How, oh. does, how does that reduce the complexity? Right, so imagine you hit this portal and you've got chiclets right there. You've got on-prem or AWS. And then later there'll be other chiclets. And you click the cloud you want. And then you can just go through, it's, the complexity is minimized by having all of the information you need at the price you need right there so that you can do it in one sitting. There's no okay. separate negotiations, it all comes through that portal. Which is in many ways, I mean, that's what people want, right? It's it's, it's the old idea that I'm going to pay by the drink, I'm going to turn it on, like Correct. my light switch, turn off, I don't need to know where it's coming from. When I need to use it, it's got to be there. And that, that actually takes down the, the path around trends. What are some of those trends you're seeing? I highlighted some of those high level things at the beginning, but maybe dig deeper. So from a trend perspective, right, um, we're seeing people, we're seeing customers getting much, much smarter about cloud. Um, we're seeing customers that have a need all of a sudden for Oconus, an Oconus cloud. Um, and I think you see that when you cover the efforts and the initiatives like JADC2, right? This operating environment where there's data sharing across the numbers of different clouds. So, um, you know, first from a customer smarts perspective, if you will, you know, one of the things that customers didn't really grasp early on was the data transaction fees. That's a major selling point for on-premise cloud, right? Because we sit on the Doden, we don't have data transaction fees. Um, I joke that data transaction fees are kind of like when Chevy Chase plugs the lights in on National Lampoon and the, and the meter starts spinning, right? It's, it's this hidden cost that can get big. So we have customers that are aware of application performance and what their app is doing on those data transfers. And so they're getting smarter about what app is best for where. Um, from an Oconus perspective, look, it's the next thing. Tactical, Edge, DDIL, having cloud out to the warfighter overseas is a big deal. And so we're starting to come up with how do we architect a networking solution around data sovereignty, right? The DOD CIO is working on that right now. Um, and all that to me rolls into this JADC2 initiative, which is going to help our warfighters have data sharing, cloud, AI at the edge, and all of that. The data transition fees, I remember early on in cloud, when you know, 2012, 2013, people did some lift and shift, and all of a sudden they got these bills, yeah. and they're saying, oh my, like, what, what did I just get myself into? And then you saw a, a trend maybe 2015, 2016, even later, people started to pull back from the cloud because of that concern. And I think now, here we are 2021, pushing to 2022, there's a better understanding. Uh, do you have, I mean, you mentioned the hybrid world, do you think that's where this, why Milk Cloud has is, is, is really gained some popularity? Because they're understanding for this workload, putting this in Milk Cloud makes more sense than putting it in a public cloud because of the data fees is one piece of it. Yeah, and I think that you know we've all gotten smarter too. And, I, and GDIT, for instance, we can talk to a customer and say, if you do this in a, in a public cloud, and you do these things to your application, you could lower your risk of a data transaction 
big bill, right? Right. So we've gotten smarter how to deal with applications and how to construct them in the cloud to lower those bills. Customers have gotten smarter. Um, and so I think we're seeing exactly what you said. Some stuff is ideal for on-prem because of its performance or, or, or the chattiness, if you will, and other stuff is ideal for off-prem. I also want to explore maybe a little bit about the Oconus piece. Do you, why do you get a sense why there's this demand for cloud from Oconus? Is it, again, more comfortable, they're getting more comfortable with what it can do, how it works, the data fees, or is there something else that's driving it? So I, I think there's a, I think it's more about, you know, you have users that are in the United States that are used to uh, a certain performance or a certain capability. And then they go overseas and that capability just went back 10 years or it's not what they want, right? So you want this kind of seamless experience, right? People talk about you know, customer experience. You want to be able to have what that, what's easy for them here be easy over there. Yeah. Um, I think you're also seeing uh, you know, legacy data costs and the, thing, you know, the, the subscriptions and the hardware refresh. I think all of those things still exist there and there's ways to save money as well. And when you see budgets starting to get flat, especially across DOD, or budgets being cut to a certain extent, or the, uh, the o o OCO funding got cut that maybe was supporting some of that overseas stuff, all of a sudden people going, uh, how do we do this less expensively? And, right. And then and all of a sudden the cloud comes up. Uh, Eric, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. At General Dynamics Information Technology, we accelerate the power of digital modernization from expanding the reach of intelligence with AI to driving cloud clarity to advancing cyber. GDIT delivers the art of the possible, supporting some of the most complex government, defense, and intelligence projects across the country. Learn more about how GDIT delivers technology transformations at GDIT.com. Welcome back, you're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Eric McGrain, a growth leader for the defense enterprise services sector at GDIT. Eric, we spent that first segment talking a lot about Mill Cloud 2, understanding how it works, why it works, what's important about it, what people are looking for from DOD perspective. The one thing we didn't touch upon, and maybe that's where we start our conversation for this segment, is, okay, I want cloud, I know I can go to the, the platform, I can turn it on, but then what happens? How, how do I go from wanting cloud and being able to turn it on to actually using cloud and making this work for me? the transition from on-prem or, or, or a different cloud to mill cloud, how does that work from your perspective? So, yeah, great question. I think you know, one of the things that, that you know, DISA has done, right, Defense Information Systems Agency, with this contract, is they've created a very clever contract because they included the use of consulting services as part of the contract. Consulting services for cloud could be application refactoring, uh, architecture planning. It could be an app applications rationalization, like which one should stay on-prem, which one should stay in the data center, which ones could go off-prem. They created this contract where, you know, not only can you MIPR funds, you know, easily to buy cloud, you can also MIPR funds easily to get labor and, and to get that expertise to help migrate your applications. A lot of contracts out there only allow you to resell AWS or Azure or resell, you know, cloud in general. Ours is unique in that we can do that. And so in, with that special ability, um, we have the, you know, customers have their current systems integrator or their current service provider doing application work. Maybe that works. But we find a lot of customers would have to then let a, con would have to do acquisition planning, let a contract for a six month, you know, application migration task, compete it, and before you know it, they've lost a year, right? So this is a wonderful opportunity for customers to utilize that. Now, 
in in recognizing that, what we've also done at GDIT is we've partnered with trusted, you know, other service providers out there in the DoD, you know, companies that have niche capability for VMware or AWS that have done, you know, loads and loads of application migration. One because it extends our bench and it extends our ability to service more customers at once, and it also extends our reach, right? Because we have this wonderful contract in cloud, but there are customers all over, and there's not enough GDIT to hit every single customer out there, and so by partnering with these companies that have boots on the ground in other places, we've actually extended our reach as well. Do you find that as you talk to customers, they understand that the, that consulting services piece is built in, or is that the biggest area where you're doing most of your explaining? Like, they got Mill Cloud too, I know we get it, we're going to the cloud. Oh, how do I get there? Oh wow, I didn't realize I could do that too. So that's a funny one. Uh, we actually have a lot of customers that don't believe us. <laughs> they say, no, that's too easy. And um, and there's this wonderful woman at DISA who's, who has spent like probably weeks of her job talking to other contracts officers and KOs across the, the DOD to say, no, really, it is that easy. <laughs> so we actually have quite a lot of customers that when we tell them about this, they don't believe us. And we actually have to spend some time saying, no, no, this is really a part of the contract. We really can make it easy. That's kind of funny. And so are you, is the DOD organization, would they send money to, uh, I guess the question is all that money's tied up in one buy, right? I'm going to move to MillCloud 2.0 and I'm buying the consulting services from company XYZ. It's it all, so customers send a MIPR in and the MIPR could say four cloud services. And then what's nice is that business portal allows the DOD to, to generate their team. So, you know, I can go in and say, here's my team, Jason's in charge of the finances. And so everything can be done as a team. And so what we see customers doing is they'll put a MIPR in for a million dollars. And then they'll start slicing it off. I'm going to put a little bit for storage, I'm going to put some for Oracle, I'm going to put some for consulting services. And they have the ability to do that very dynamically, day to day, week to week you know, buy the drink, right? So one MIPR can cover, you know, a litany of services. I think that's really important because people, if they hear, wait a minute, I have to send the money for X and then send the money for Y and then send the money for Z, they're gonna be like, yeah, it's uh, too much exactly. complexity. Uh, I, don't, I don't have time for all that. I, I explain it to people like you're opening a checking account inside of the MillCloud portal, right? We, we, we bill back for consumption and for usage, right? Consulting services packages are billed for a day, a week or a month, right? It's all units. And so a customer opens a checking account and then how they spend that checking account for their cloud is for their mission, and it's for them to, to, to determine. You brought up the pay by the drink. I think that's another important piece here. One of the things that we've heard about over, over the last 10 years when we've talked about cloud is, how do we get to there? I know, for instance, the General Services Administration is putting out a, a change to their internal acquisition regulation that talks about how to buy cloud that way. Mm -hmm. Are you all able to, through MillCloud 2.0, uh, enable that pay by the drink model? Yes, we are. So everything is done by consumption. But I will say that you know there are some hiccups every now and then with the way that the FAR is written and the acquisition process, especially as it relates to cloud and how cloud is done. So we do run across those hiccups, but I think that's one of the value adds with GDIT is that we're on the front lines with VMware, with you know AWS, uh, and with all these cloud providers going through this together and really helping the DoD um, find a better way to do that. And I imagine that if you're putting that million dollars in that checking account and all of a sudden it's down to $100,000, there's some alarm bell goes off and says to the person in charge, hey, you're running out of money. Right. You may want to put more money in. Or, hey, your services are going to be cut off in 30 days or whatever the time is. I imagine there's those that's built in. It is built in. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, back to GDIT supporting the, the Warfighter, um, we have all those controls in so that customers, on, you know, on a moment's notice, at their, at their will or whim, 
can go in and see, am I burning cold? Am I burning hot? How's my MIPR going as it relates to this cloud spend? Um, you know, back to the on-prem piece, it's a little, it, it, it's less dynamic or volatile, so it's a little bit easier to budget, um, but we have that capability for, you know, whatever services that you want to provide. There's also, that becomes a workload discussion, and I think when you talk about refactoring or application rationalization services, understanding what, you, what you're trying to push to the cloud and what that cost is going to be is really key. Is that part of that, uh, the, the discussion that you're having with customers is understanding not just you can use the cloud, but whether you should or shouldn't and how and, and what makes sense? Right. So the contract guarantees customers two free technical exchange meetings, right? It's guaranteed. We have customers that come and meet with us and we go through all their applications, look at it, and a customer will say, you know what, this isn't for me. I want to go do something else, right? That's one of the wonderful things about the contract is it, it allows customers to come to you without being charged, to go over their cloud environment, to go over their planning, and to figure out what's best. Uh, and sometimes we are the best contract for them, and other times they want to go in a different way. Nice. Uh, we brought up DISA, and, and you mentioned uh, the, the, the person at DISA who has to uh, <laughs> yeah. tell the contracting officers. I think that, that's, that's significant because it's a bigger discussion around the partnership that you've had with them. Uh, obviously, they couldn't have done this without GDIT and vice versa. Correct. Couldn't have created the Mill Cloud without DISA. How has that partnership evolved over the last couple of years? So it's it's a wonderful partnership. And when I think about you know partnership in its truest sense, we're a service provider partnering with a service provider to enable the warfighter, right? Like DISA's mission and our mission is the same. We want to, you know, Army, Air Force, Navy, DISA customers, internal DISA, we're, we're providing a service for them that's critical for their mission, right? And so the connectivity that we have with DISA, whether it's Courtney and the PMO or Faith Perry, the woman I mentioned who is constantly helping us call customers and say, no, really it is that easy. Or if it's you know their leadership uh, up through, I mean, heck, Major General Yee, Sharon Woods, uh, Lieutenant General Skinner, I mean, everybody's on board to deliver a world-class service here. Yeah. And it's a partnership we value. And I think uh, going forward as, as more agencies are coming to DISO, what I've seen is this has been a big of a cheerleader for Mill Cloud as, as GDIT has, which is important because if you don't have that customer support, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have these people over there, then then it's and, not 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 as successful. And and this is in a really unique place to serve the DoD with cloud right now because you know the CCPO that was under the Cloud Computing Program Office underneath Dana Deasy shifted to DISA, right? That was run by Sharon Woods, and now Sharon Woods is in the reorganization is in charge of Mill Cloud Two you know, the, the new JWCC, right, um, in the aftermath of Jedi. And so, DISA has a real chance to be a real leader in cloud and to, and to partner across their contracts and their offerings to really serve every customer for where they're at. We've talked a lot during our conversation about the current state of MillCloud 2.0. Uh, like we've, over the years we've seen, there's an evolution, you, GDIT's got to and DISA's got to continue to evolve. The offerings, the MillCloud, where do you see uh, the short-term changes coming for, for MillCloud 2.0, maybe even the three to five years from now, where do you think it's heading? Well, I mean, IL-6 is going to be a big one, um, and we're going to see a lot of demand and a lot of workloads coming there for sure. Um, you, know, I, you know, commercial cloud providers um, and the capabilities we offer with VMware are always going to be increasing. Um, we have, you know, for instance, people are talking about software factories, sandboxes, standing up, you know, development and having, you know, development production, right? That's a place where we can expand and, and be more innovative and offer more. Um, I would talk about uh, containers, right? Container strategy is a huge thing going on inside the DOD right now. Um, common services, 
is another one, right? The SCCA landing zones, the play, the ability to actually put an application in an ATO'd secure place, right? Um, and and having those common services delivered in such a way where the cost is shared by many mission partners, not one mission partner paying each time. Mm. Um, and then things like AWS Marketplace, right? Things that you can buy commercially, right? That's where the biggest demand I see is customers can go online at their on their home computer and, and access this wide variety of a marketplace. Having that ability inside of our portal is an ideal state where whatever that customer needs or wants is right there at the at, you know the push of a button. We've seen a lot around software factories and container strategies. So let me start maybe there real quick is, is with what's happening with, for instance, Air Force and Platform One and Cloud One and what you're seeing the software factory at Army's Futures Command and, and, and Kessel Run, is that something that you're looking at saying, okay, how can we complement what's happening there or borrow big steel from them? What's the conversation around software factories or is it still in that early stage? So we're well aware of what you know, Cloud One's doing, what ECMA, Army ECMA's doing, and believe it or not, we, we actually talk with them a lot, right? So um, if they've got a good capability that's worth copying, let's copy it. If they've got a good capability that stands on its own, you know, let them do that. We're trying to fill the gap of what the DOD needs. Um, you know, we, I would say that we're all in it together to, to help customers enable their mission, yep. right? So from a container strategy, you know, there's a customer in the Army that has a particular use case need that's not met, right? Everybody's got something unique, right? And so looking at that and seeing what other customers could we pull together to form a coalition to make that, you know, the kind of uh, offering that people would demand. I think we also brought the ATOs uh, and security side of it. I think that's one of the big benefits of something like MailCloud 2.0 is it's already been through ATO. It's already a platform that's been approved. So now all you have to worry about is that application perspective getting ATO'd and it really does is going to save you a ton of time instead of right. having to buy new or build new and then and then add the application on top. Is that the other kind of maybe un, uh, not unintended but but benefit that you're explaining to your customers quite often? Yeah, and it's one that's coming up with uh, you know the DoD CIO Oconus Group right now, right? We have this platform. It's ATO'd at IL five and IL, and you know getting towards IL six. IL six any day, and. Can we take that and cookie cut that for an Oconus option, right? Are there use cases for Oconus where we could reuse that, right? JADC2 is looking at it. Is, is there a way where we can take this ATO with reciprocity, right, and, and enable JADC2 to move out even faster? Like, MillCloud 2 on-premise fills a need for the DoD. Not the whole need, right? There's a, there's a lot of off-prem, there's a lot of AWS and Azure out there, but we have a role, right? And we can take what we've done, we can take that ATO, those investments and all that, to deliver that quickly for our customers. And, you know, honestly, DISA in itself, and back to that partnership, they've made it really easy to innovate on this contract. Um, the CCP process, we call it a contract change proposal, you know, in addition to the labor that DISA was thinking ahead of time with and saying, you know, this is a good offering, they put this CCP process in, which allows us to say, hey, the future of cloud is moving. Customers are demanding something new. And, and through this CCP process, we can actually go to DISA and say, here's something our customers want, here's what it would be, here's how we'll do the security, and here's what it would cost. And so we're constantly adding new things to the contract based on what the demand of the mission partners are. And I think you have to, right? Yeah. You can't be static and, and you, it's a dynamic changing environment, so you have to change with it. Right, it's a, it's a commercial, I mean, they want a commercial service. There it is. And you've got to, and you've got to be there to meet them where they are. All right, and it obviously sounds like uh, you guys are doing a nice job. So, uh, Eric, I really appreciate our conversation. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. 
Let me thank my guest. Eric McGrain is the growth leader for the defense enterprise services sector at GDIT. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it, thank you. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation.